0: This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com <laughs> <laughs> Dear brothers and sisters, inshallah ta'ala, today is a great day. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he has gathered us in this place, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gather us in al-Firdaus al-A'la around our beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he accept all of our du'as today and always. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that by the time the sun sets tonight that we are amongst those who have been completely forgiven for their sins that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written down for us. Al-itq min nar to be completely freed from the fire. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he accept the hajj of those that are doing hajj and those that intended to do hajj, and those that intend to do hajj in the future. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from us all. Allahumma ameen. InshaAllah ta'ala, today to begin, we're just going to talk about some of the fada'il, some of the virtues of this du'a, la ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika la, lah, lahul mulk wa lahul hamd wa hua ala kulli shay'in qadir And I want you as you are sitting here inshaAllah ta'ala to keep repeating it to yourself even as you're listening to me inshaAllah ta'ala. Uh, speak about the virtues of it because the more that you recite it the better inshallah ta'ala so even if you recite it silently and to yourself then keep doing so bi ta'ala and when we talk about the virtues of this dua and the deeper meanings of this dua it starts off with the very first part of it which is la ilaha illallah there is no better dhikr no better remembrance than la ilaha illallah alone the Prophet said in one narration, it's the best of what he and the Prophets have been guided to. La ilaha illallah. Just in terms of a general statement, la ilaha illallah. It is karimatul ikhlas, it is the statement of sincerity. When the believer says it, it goes straight to the throne of Allah So long as a person does not block it with any of their own major sins or anything else that would taint it. It is the key to gaining the intercession of the Prophet on the Day of Judgment. It is the kalima, the word that the Prophet will argue on behalf of people on the Day of Judgment with. It is the card that the Prophet mentioned that as a person is standing in front of their mizan, in front of their scales, that if the heavens and the earth were to be placed within those scales, it would weigh them accurately. It will hold them accurately. And when a person sees that the side of their sins has stacked up, the Prophet SallAllahu telling us that that one card of La ilaha illallah, if it is placed in the scale of our good deeds, would send the other scale with the records flying into the air. It is heavier than any other word. It is heavier than any other deed. La ilaha illallah. And I don't want that to be lost as we start in one narration. Because remember, this is a renewal of our covenant today. The day of Arafah, every year, is a chance for us to renew our covenant from the first moment where Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala said, bi rabbikum, am I not your Lord? And we said, yes, you are, O Allah. The Prophet SallAllahu Wasallam said, Jaddidu imanakum. In one narration, Muslim Imam Ahmad, Jaddidu imanakum, renew your faith. Qila, Ya Rasulullah, wa kayfa imanana? They said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, and how do we renew our faith? قَالَ أَكْثِرُوا مِن قَوْلِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Keep on reciting. لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ min مِن شَهَادَةِ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ In one narration, the Prophet ﷺ said, continue to recite لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ قَبْلَ أَن يُحَالَ بَيْنَكُمْ وَبَيْنَهَا Beautiful narration, it's an authentic hadith. The Prophet ﷺ said, before it is separated from you, or there is a separation between you and it. Not a separation from la ilaha illallah in your heart. What is the Prophet i speaking about? Death, death. Before death comes between you and the ability to repeat it over and over and over again. Before death comes, continue to recite la ilaha illallah. It is al is al thabit. It is the firm word that the Prophet said, we prompt our dying ones to say, La ilaha illallah, and that a person hopes to have on their tongue and on their heart at the moment of death. Allahumma thabbitna indalmawti bi la ilaha illallah. O Allah grant us steadfastness, the ability to say, with all of our being on the Day of Judgment, لا, on, on the Day of our Death, La ilaha illallah. Because it is the hardest thing to say when a person is dying. It's not easy to say La ilaha illallah, you have to keep on saying it while you are healthy and living and while you don't fear that death is around the corner from you. But when death comes to a person, it is La ilaha illallah that the Prophet mentioned is a form of martyrdom. That if a person, whoever makes the last of their words, La ilaha illallah, they would enter into paradise. They would be guaranteed entrance into paradise. And so it's the du'a that you hope to be saying at the time of death. The dhikr that you hope to be saying at the time of death. It is the dhikr that opens all eight gates of Jannah. When the person finishes their wudu' and they say, أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا la وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ that they bear witness to the oneness of Allah and to the messengership of Muhammad that the Prophet said that one word opens all eight gates of Jannah. Now everything beyond that is constructing upon La ilaha al Hafid ibn Rajab, he said that the best du'as are the ones that are constructed upon the most famous and most off-repeated athkar, the most famous and off-repeated Uh, Forms of remembrance. Why is that important? Because a lot of times you see people looking for a book You see people trying to cling and say how do I remember this very poetic du'a? How do I remember how to say this? How do I remember to say that? And what did the Prophet say to the companion that came to him? afraid that maybe he was being left behind because he was not able to say as poetically as the Prophet that supplication and the Prophet SallAllahu asked him what he is doing and he's saying, I'm just saying, La ilaha Allah, SubhanAllah, and Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. The very common phrases that we learn from the Athkar and the Prophet SallAllahu said that's all that we do and we just build upon it. And so set the foundation of your dua as La ilaha illallah, as SubhanAllah, as Alhamdulillah, as Allahu Akbar and then build upon that. And when it comes to La ilaha illallah, We know that the Prophet taught us that the du'a's that are constructed upon La ilaha illallah are the ones that remove any type of hardship. Not just the hardship of this world, but the hardship of the hereafter as well. La ilaha illallah is the removal of all hardship in this life and in the next. And that's why the Prophet said that when a person is in hardship, the du'a that they are to say is what? La ilaha illa anta سُبْحَانَكَ inni kuntu مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ See how simple that is? Dua of our prophet or the brother of the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the prophet Jonah, Yunus alayhi salam, his brother Yunus alayhi salam, the prophet وسلم, said no one says la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minadh-dhalimin except that their hardship will be removed. It's also authentically narrated that the messenger, وسلم, used to say at times of distress, لا إله إلا الله العظيم الحليم, لا إله إلا الله رب السماوات والأرض ورب العرش العظيم. The prophet, sallallahu alaihi would say, لا إله إلا الله العظيم الحليم. Okay, very simple. لا إله إلا الله رب السماوات والأرض ورب العرش العظيم. These are things that we can remember insha'Allah ta'ala and all they are is the construction upon the word of Tawheed and the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the specific request that you make in that particular du'a. Now when we come to why this dhikr, which we'll start to break down insha'Allah ta'ala, is so important and so embedded in the hajj ritual in particular. The ulama mention that Hajj is the greatest affirmation of Tawheed. Everything about Hajj, every single ritual of Hajj is meant to imprint Tawheed in the heart of the person who is performing that Hajj. Every single ritual of it. Say verily my prayer and my sacrifice, my life and my death, are all for the Lord of the worlds la sharikalah pay attention now to some of the common phrases that you're going to hear la sharikalah he has no sharik no partner he is one and he needs no help so that's the first thing that i want you to understand no one shares in creating no one shares in his lordship not only is he one in his essence subhanahu wa ta'ala he needs absolutely no one. He is not dependent on upon upon anyone. Ibn Abbas ta'ala, says something very powerful about La lah. He said that most people, most philosophies, most groups of people and nations that took the path of associating directly a partner with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in worshiping him, started off by weakening their perception of God and saying that Allah needs someone to do this or Allah needs someone to do that or assigning a power that belongs only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to something or someone else. And then at that point, eventually your adoration to that partner or to that helper becomes to the point that you elevate that thing to being God itself and then you start to outright say. That there are two gods or three gods or four gods or five gods. And that's how the path of the most obvious and blatant committal of shirk is that a person elevates something to a sharik of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to a partner of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so here in particular, my sacrifice is mentioned. And that is the sacrifice that we will, inshallah ta'ala, be partaking in within the next few days. And so here you hear, la sharikala, right? When a person is doing the talbiyah which is the dhikr that you recite as you are going towards station to station within Hajj from station to station. Labbaik Allahumma La labbaik la sharika Okay? Here I come O oh Allah here I come I'm at, I'm I'm listening to you I am hearing you I have arrived as you have commanded me to arrive and I am not affirming any partner besides you. You're going to hear la sharikalah a lot within the athkaar of hajj. Why? Because did they used to perform hajj in the days of ignorance? Yes. But they elevated all of these idols to where they negated the entire purpose of the way of Ibrahim. And so the Prophet constantly affirming la sharikalah as he goes along, along the way is very powerful. Innal hamda wa ni'mata. Verily all praise and all blessings belong to you, O Allah. And to you belongs the complete dominion over all things, which we'll talk about in a moment, inshaAllah ta'ala. La lak. The only thing you're saying twice within this Talbiya, right? Within this dua. There is no partner with you. We have no hope in anyone but you. We seek help from no one but you. You are the one who relieves distress, no one else relieves distress besides you, O oh Allah. La شريك لك It comes throughout these ad'iyah, throughout these uh, remembrances. Now let's get to our du'a for the day inshallah ta'ala. If you realize, this du'a that we say so regularly is basically a rearrangement of the talbiyah, All of the words and the concepts that are mentioned in the talbiyah in the chant of hajj, are embedded within this particular dhikr, within this particular remembrance that we do in these days. The concept that the Prophet sallallahu gives us عرفة, that the best du'a' is the du'a' of the day of arafah. The scholars say that when the Prophet sallallahu gives us things of this nature, these are things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used to conceal from previous nations. Not because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was unjust to these nations, but these are from the gifts of the Prophet to this particular ummah, such as when the Prophet mentions that there is no Prophet that came before me except that they warned you of ad-dajjal. But I will tell you something about a dajjal that no other Prophet mentioned. And that is that Dajjal is one eyed and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not as such. Right? So this is one of the gifts of the Prophet is that through him a very specific description of the Dajjal which who was warned about by every Prophet is given through the Prophet. <clears throat> and so there are certain things that we were guided to, like the day of Friday. It's a gift from Allah through our Prophet that we were guided to Yawm Al Jumu'ah, the best day of the week. Likewise, when the Prophet says that every prophet, every prophet stood on this day and remembered Allah ﷻ. And so I'm going to share with you the best thing that we have all said, all 100,000 plus prophets on this day, because you're gonna watch me on the day of Arafah and see me making dua, from the time of Dhuhr all the way to the time of Maghrib and think, what is he saying? What is the Prophet Sallallahu saying for all of these hours? Let me try to write it down. Let me try to see if I can sneak in and hear. Let me see if I can follow the movement of his mouth or his lips or his beard and see if I can catch what he's saying. So the Prophet Sallallahu is saying, look, the best thing that I or the Prophets have ever said, So let's start to break it down, inshaAllah, ta'ala. La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la شَرِيكَ لَهُ We already have covered that part of this uh, dua. Wahdahu is taqid, is a form of um, exaggerating or a form of adding to the already stated oneness of God. He is one. There is no God but Him. One. Wahdahu la شَرِيكَ لَهُ So you negate anything that even ambiguously or even in a subtle way shares any of the divine. Essence with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Negate all of it. Anything that is attributed to a human being is not attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any human feature or human deficiency is not attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is completely one. ahad, wahdahu. And Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, La has absolutely no one or nothing that he needs in order to carry out what he carries out of his lordship. So you are negating, لا إله إلا الله وحده لا any partner with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his being, any partner with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his doing. La شريك is the doing part. لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له, mulk. الملك, له الملك, to him belongs all of the dominion. Al-Mulk is anything that could possibly be owned, is owned by Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala. تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي بِيَدِهِ الْمُلْكِ وَهُوَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قدير. Anything that has a possessor is possessed by Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala, Whether someone else possesses it in some limited or temporary fashion, whether it is observable or not observable, whether it is time or place, whether it is the being, people, or things that are seen, or things that are not seen. So what does it mean when you say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has al-mulk? Okay? This is part of Allah's mulk. All of this. You might own your home, your car, whatever it is. Allah allowed you to be a caretaker of it, but ultimately it is part of the dominion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah owns you and Allah owns what you own al Mulk also, kullillahum maliq al Mulk. Say, oh Allah subhanahu wa taala, oh God, maliq al Mulk, the the uh, the one who possesses all things, the entire dominion. Okay, what does the ayah go on to say? What does it go on to say? It's very important. Kullillahum maliq al Mulk. Tilt al Mulkah min wa tanziyu al You give of your Possession, what you will. So whatever you're going to ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala for, if you're not starting with the bare minimum of understanding that what Allah gives you, you are not entitled to, then don't even ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala for it, because you have a deficiency in your understanding of God before you can ask of God. So the very first thing, what you take it from who you will. If you take it, I have no right to say, oh Allah, you took this from me. That's very important because when you're making du'a, some people make du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if Allah owes them. Mm-hmm. And we call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with certainty in our du'a, but not with a sense of arrogance in our du'a. That's why when a person is raised up on the day of judgment without their sight, لِمَا حَشَرْتَنِي أَعْمَا كُنْتُ they make a claim against Allah and say, why did you take away my sight? You raised me blind and I used to be able to see. It's not That was never of your mulk in the first place. So anything you ask of Allah and He gives to you is a bestowal of His favor. And anything He takes away from you is not out of hatred or punishment or despisal of you, but that is for a wisdom that is also not possessed by you. SubhanAllah, you don't have the possession of the wisdom to understand why things are given or why things are taken. So the very first understanding or implication of this possession, this dominion of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, is what He gives and what He takes. And when we're making du'a to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, we're asking Him to bestow upon us and not to take, right, of this life or of the next. And so that's what makes this so powerful to affirm: Al mulk, lakaw al mulk, biyadihi al mulk. To Allah belongs the possession, the dominion of all things. بِيَدِهِ مُلْكَ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ وَالسُلْطَانِهِمَا as the ulama mentioned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs the possession of this dunya and of the hereafter and the control, the authority over all of those things. Ibn Abbas صلى الله عليه وسلم he says بِيَدِهِ الْمُلْكِ يَعِزُّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَذِلُّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ To him belongs the dominion over all things. He honors whom he wills and he disgraces whom he wills. وَيُحْيِي وَيُمِيتُ وَيُغْنِي وَي and he gives life, and he gives death, and he gives wealth, and he gives poverty, or he withholds. He gives and he takes. This is all from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له, له الملك. Everything that you're going to ask Allah, you need to first remember that it belongs to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and not you. وله الحمد al hamd, and to him belongs all hamd, alhamdulillah. All praises are due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now when we talk about al-hamd. when we say to Allah belongs all hamd, all praise. Hamd comprises of two things athana wa shukur, praise and gratitude. Hamd is to say when you is to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of who he is and to thank him for who he is as well and what he gives as well. So, hamd is comprehensive in that it brings together athana wa shukr, praise as well as gratitude. And subhanAllah, there is something really interesting here because remember the Prophet is giving us a secret here, a dua that is very special. I'm gonna ask you a question. Is la ilaha illallah primarily a dhikr or a dua? Is it a form of remembrance or a form of supplication? I can't hear anybody, I just hear it mumbling. It's a form of dhikr, remembrance. Is alhamdulillah primarily a form of dhikr or a form of dua? It's actually a, primarily a form of supplication. And the Prophet ﷺ, he mentions is in an authentic hadith, أَفْضَلُ الذِّكْرُ لا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَأَفْضَلُ dua الْحَمْدُ لله. The best form of dhikr the best thing that you could say with your tongue and with your heart at any moment in life is la ilaha illallah. The best dua that you can make, the best supplication that you can make is alhamdulillah. And so immediately this remembrance combines the best remembrance and the best supplication. Why did the ulama mention that alhamdulillah is primarily a supplication? Because Allah subhanahu ta'ala says, wala in shakartum. If you are grateful, I will increase you. Also, the fact that the dua that we make in every single salah, Surah Al-Fatiha, begins with this particular supplication. And so it is, yes, supplication and remembrance, but primarily it is supplication. And this particular dhikr combines both of these in such a beautiful way. Al-Hafidh ibn Rajab, he also says, that hamd is the price of every ni'mah in this life. It's the price of every blessing in this life. And tahleel, la ilaha illallah, is the key to Jannah in the next. Alhamdulillah is the payment for every blessing that Allah gives you in this life. And la ilaha illallah is the key to Jannah in the next. So how beautiful is it when the Prophet combines both of them for us? La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharikala, لَهُ الْمُلْكُ وَلَهُ الْحَمْدُ وَهُوَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ And Allah has power over all things. Omnipotent, dominion, power over all things. Al-Qadir, al الْمُقْتَدِرِ He is Qadr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able. Whatever challenge is put forth, whatever particular ask that you have, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Qadr. Allah is able to do exactly and more. He is Qadir, the things you don't even think about when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows them and it is all part of his power and his wisdom and his dominion. Realize when you ask Allah, because I'm only going to speak about al-Qadir right now in the the context of dua and then inshaAllah ta'ala move on. Why? Because realize the limitations of your ask of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The limitations of your ask is that you are asking Allah to grant you something on the basis of your understanding which is inherently limited. So, oh Allah, give me this, oh Allah, give me that. But you're not considering certain things, nor are you tasked with considering certain things because you don't see everything and you don't understand everything. But don't think, what's the what's what's the trick of shaitan when a person makes dua? If you don't get it, you start to question the existence of God and why is God doing this to me? on the basis of what? The limitation that you went to your supplication with in the first place. You can't take everything into consideration because you don't know everything. (laughs) You don't have everything. Allah has everything, Allah knows everything, Allah is capable over all things. So before you even get to that point of questioning, yeah Allah, it's been a year. Last Arafah they said, make this dua, I made that dua, it didn't happen. Oh Allah, why? وَهُوَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ You weren't listening to the last part of your own dhikr. Allah has power over all things. Do not think that if Allah is withholding from you, it is because Allah is not able to give you. وَهُوَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ الْمُلْكُ وَلَهُ الْحَمْدُ وَهُوَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Now inshaAllah Ta'ala, I will end with this, the rewards. The Prophet وسلم, said من قال لا إله لالله وحده لا, شريك لا له الملك الحمد وهو على كل شيء عشر من, أنفسي من ولدي The Prophet وسلم, said whoever says لا إله الله وحده له, له الحمد على كل شيء ten in the morning or in the evening he is like one who has freed four slaves from the children of Ismail. Four believing slaves. How long does it take you to say that phrase ten times? Less than a minute. Imagine if you had the reward of freeing four slaves. SubhanAllah, what a what four believing slaves, what a reward to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with. What a day's work. People would work all day so that they could have the ajr, the reward of being able to free someone from captivity. And to properly understand this, and by the way, one of the narrations of this, is very beautiful, uh, Abu Ayyash, who's one of the narrators, he, the, the person who narrated from him, he saw the Prophet ﷺ in a dream. And he heard this dua, and it was so amazing that when he saw the Prophet ﷺ in a dream, and he realized that the Prophet ﷺ was in front of him, Ya Rasulullah Abu عَيَاشِ is making this claim that you said this and that. <laughs> like, that's incredible. Is it true that you said that, Ya Rasulullah? And the Prophet said, Abu عَيَاشِ So the narrator was comfortable. Abu عَيَاشِ has told the truth. Not that the Sanad of Hadith, the chain of hadith, is ever based on dreams, but subhanAllah, like this is what a man is thinking about when he sees the Prophet in a dream, like Ya Rasulullah, a phrase that we say in a minute, ten times, and it's like freeing four slaves, that's incredible, why? Because the reward of freeing a slave, which subhanAllah we don't take into consideration. Zadan, he says, I came to Ibn Umar رضي الله تعالى عنه وَقَدْ أَعْتَقَ And he had just freed a slave, He took something from the earth and he said, there is nothing in this world that equals the reward of this. Nothing in this world that equals the reward of this. And what is the reward of freeing the slave? The Prophet said, مَنْ أَعْتَقَ أَعْتَقَ اللَّهُ مِنْهُ بِكُلِّ مِنْهُ مِنَ النَّارِ حَتَّى يُعْتِقَ فَرْجَهُ بِفَرْجِهِ SubhanAllah. The Prophet said, whoever frees a believing slave from captivity Allah will free every single part of him, not missing any part, even the private parts, meaning even the concealed parts, from hellfire. And what's the greatest ask on the day of Arafah? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us from al utaqa, from those who are freed from the fire. So the Prophet said, that's the reward of freeing one person. What about the reward of freeing four? And there are multiple ahadith, the Prophet ﷺ said the greatest sadaqah that you can give is to intercede on behalf of a slave with his master until his master frees him. Ibn Rajab rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, تَحْقِيد كَرِمَةَ الْتَوْحِيدِ يُوْجِبُ عِتْقَ الْرِقَابِ So that if a person understands La ilaha illallah properly, then that will mandate upon them to free people from captivity. وَعِتْقُ الْرِقَابِ يُوْجِبُ الْعِتْقَ مِنَ النَّارِ and when a person frees people from captivity, that mandates that they are freed from hellfire as well. It gets better. Abu Hurairah ta'ala anhu says, رسول الله عليه لا إله الله وحده له الملك وكتبت له مئة حسنة ومحيت عنه مئة سيئة وكانت له من الشيطان يومه ذلك حتى يمسي ولم أحد بأفضل مما جاء به إلا رجل أكثر منه. The Prophet said, whoever says this dhikr a hundred times لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك الحمد كل شيء a hundred times in a day. By the way, Imam Nawawi says it doesn't have to be in one city. So it could be throughout the day. 10 minutes of your day. Imagine the Prophet said, it is like a person who walked and who freed 10 slaves from captivity. 10 slaves from captivity. And Allah writes down for them 100 hasanat and Allah removes from them 100 sayyat and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide that person from protection from the Shaytan for the entirety of that day and the Prophet said, no one can possibly outdo this person except for a person who outdoes them with this dhikr, with this remembrance, who says it more to them. Meaning what? You're from the firsts. The, say, the Prophet is saying, you're from al awwaloon on the day of judgment. You're from the forerunners on the day of judgment. If you just say this a hundred times a day, that's on a regular day. What about on the day of Arafah, the best day of dua, where this is the best dhikr I have so much more uh, to say here. I'll simply say quickly that this is also the du'a that the Prophet وسلم, would say after every salah and in numerous ways. Uh, inshallah ta'ala maybe one day we will uh, will build upon it, but there are numerous narrations of the Prophet وسلم, saying this after every salah, but he didn't stop there He would construct upon uh, this du'a in uh, in various ways. The Prophet وسلم, would say this in a safa or marwa. The Prophet وسلم, would say this after a battle or when he came upon a high place SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam any high place he looked up and he would do takbir and he would say these words SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam would say this upon entering into the marketplace taught us to do so the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam said that a person says this when they wake up at night all of these different narrations about the times to say this inshallah Ta'ala uh, we will cover them uh, sometime in the near future but in the night ta'ala, but for now Keep on saying this du'a throughout the day. لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from all of you and from all of us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow our du'as today to be a means of the removal of distress from the Ummah of Muhammad وسلم, A means of uplifting the oppressed and the wronged all around the world. A means by which we are forgiven for our own wrongdoings and for our own transgressions a means by which we are written amongst those who are freed from any type of punishment, a means by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enters us in the presence of the prophets, the martyrs, the righteous ones, around our, our, our prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam al-firdaws al-a'la. Allahumma amin. wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka'an nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. wa wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh sunrise wait 15 minutes insha'Allah ta'ala make your azkar and then insha'Allah